Hey everybody, C-Note here and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is better than a lawnmower on podcast day. I started recording and there was a lawnmower and it was a nonce. I went halfway through the episode and I was like, nope, this is too distracting. I can't do it. And uh, <laughs> I kind of reworked the concept. So today we're talking about storytelling and how the stories that we tell ourselves are uh, pretty pretty important narrative for how we want to move forward. And um, this is kind of my first foray into talking about storytelling. So we're going to see how this goes and see what happens and uh, hit the button and, and do the thing. Let's go. Hello, friends. Seen out here. How you guys doing? Happy Podcast Day. Hope you guys are doing okay. Welcome back to Dopamine. And um, man, I've been a little bit thrown off my rocker at the moment because I was having a pretty good day. I was in a pretty good flow state. And then I got hit with this. I, I don't know. I got interrupted in, in, in my process and I was doing pretty okay. And um, trying to get back into the swing of things is a challenge. Uh, so, but we persist and we push forward. Uh, this morning, you know, I woke up and I just kind of looked at my phone, did a little bit of Twittering and which sounds dirty, but that's not what I was doing. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Molly was getting ready for her morning and, you know, she kind of comes over and, and gives me a hug and shows some love. And then I, I get in the shower, I put on some music, I sort of chill out and, you know, well, actually I'd take a poop, but you know, I don't know if you need to know that. I don't know if that's an important part of the story. I'm not a storytelling connoisseur, <laughs> but, uh, it's part of the story. Sometimes the, the most compelling stories have, uh, a lot of details in them that you don't necessarily need, but it fulfills, uh, the desire to know what someone's life is like. And storytelling brings us closer to people in that way. You get to experience what someone's existence is like. Because we're always curious, right? We're curious to know what someone else's life is like. So we can find ways to adapt it to our own or to just look at things and say like, oh, that's cool. Good for you. I'm glad that's working out for you. And um, to really get to experience perspectives that we don't get to experience ourselves, right? So my version of getting up in the morning and taking a poop and getting a shower and listening to music and, um, you know, getting out of the shower, getting dressed and working out and then going for a walk and then coming home and eating some food and, uh, doing some, some mental research and reading a little bit and then doing podcasting. And like all of that sounds like a very basic story, but my, individuality, my perspective is what allows it to be an interesting or my story, right? If I were to slow down and go through all of the particular details and describe my 
unique perspective, what it is that I saw, what did I experience? What did I do while I was working out? What did I think about while I was in the shower? What did I uh, listen to music wise? What did I listen to on my walk? What did I think about? What are the things that I see? What did I wear? What did I choose to put on today? What, um, what was I thinking about? What was, you know, what, what was my perception of Molly's emotional state and what she's doing and what she's dealing with? Like what, what were my plans for the day? Right. And all of those are part of my individual story. And I think what's interesting about storytelling is that we allow ourselves to project ourselves onto someone else's perspective. I think, so I went to at some point, what basically started to kind of throw me off is that I recorded two podcast episodes. I was in a pretty good flow state. And then, you know, Molly came home and she's kind of in an FI space and she's dealing with some difficult things and um, the complexities around her kids. And there's just a lot of stuff going on that I don't know all the details in. She's just still working through that stuff. But being a inferior FE user, I can kind of feel it and it kind of throws me off a little bit, which is not her fault. Like, I'm not blaming her, but kind of throws me off because she needed a little bit of space to herself. And that means that, you know, I needed to to leave and go somewhere and give her some room. Uh, I didn't need to, I made the choice. I said, yes. Uh, so I decided to go do that, do some groceries. And actually before I went to do groceries, I went to Barnes and Noble, which is, uh, not too far from here. And I decided to go in and read just kind of, I just browsed around. I was listening to music, but then I came across the psychology of Zelda, which is a really interesting little book using uh, Zelda as the framework to discuss psychological concepts. And the one that I came across so far, I've only read about 10 pages and uh, I just read it a little bit so I can just kind of chill, whatever. And the first concept I came across was about projections and how Carl Jung talks about projection and the fact that we, through stories, often we put ourselves in other people's shoes and we project our reality outward and then it kind of comes back to us. So in a lot of situations, the things that we, what we resist persists often, like what we want in life tends to manifest itself somehow, some way, like we end up projecting and willing things into our existence. You know, you think about how someone might be pretty much negative or expecting bad things to happen to them all the time. If that's the case, then bad things are going to keep happening, right? Because you're perpetuating behavior that ends up leading to that. Uh, But the idea of projection in this case is about identifying the character Link. I'm sure many of you have played the game Zelda at this point, that the main character of Link is an unspoken character. Like he doesn't speak. He doesn't have a text bubble. He doesn't respond in any way. And for the most part, he does very basic interactions. Like he might nod or he might smile or something like that. But for the most part, the fact that the character does not respond, especially in these harrowing circumstances, it allows the character to allows the player to put themselves in the shoes of link because he's not providing specific perspective, right? If I tell you the story of me going through my day, waking up in the morning, taking a poop, going to the shower, listening to music, doing all the things that I'm doing, you can put yourself in that scenario because there are not specifics that are specific to me in those scenarios. The only thing that's unique to me in that is like podcasting at this point, right? And and if you're a podcaster, then you can apply your context to it. So 
often when you're when you're imagining me telling you about that, when you're when I'm telling you about me going through my morning routine, you can put yourself in your scenario in in my shoes, but but in through your projection, through your perspective, right? You don't know what my apartment looks like. You don't know what my you don't know what I look like maybe, right? You don't know what uh, my clothes are. You don't know the specifics, right? And I think that's the difference between uh, story and just kind of uh, descriptions and projected projections, right? So what I think is really interesting about Zelda is there's there's story in there, but Link allows the opportunity as a character for you to put yourself into that world. And through the character of Link, you get to experience all of the ups and downs and personal growths and um, the ability to gain new weaponry and uh, find new uh, problems to solve and, and solve those puzzles and find new dungeons and, and beat all the goblins and all the things that uh, were the, in the original Zelda, but I don't know if goblins are still a thing. Um, <laughs> some form of them in uh, Breath of the Wild. But the point is that you're allowed, you're allowing yourself to put yourself into a projection of this character. And your projection of yourself onto this character gives you the opportunity to experience things that you've never experienced before. I think that's somewhat of the beauty of my podcast is that I'm sharing a lot of my particular story and that gives you the opportunity to apply your circumstances to what it is that I'm going through and we can compare notes and all of that stuff. But I'm not a nameless person. I'm doing plenty of talking, but you don't know me in a specific context enough to be able to fill in all the blanks that make it very, very, very specific to my story there's still enough room for you to apply these concepts to your story. And I think that's the power of storytelling. Now there's a wide range of storytelling, of course, like there's more detailed storytelling. There's uh, the hero's journey. There's all sorts of different books and and, um, methods of, of telling a story. I think for the most part, I think we've come across the basic tenets of what many stories involve, which is like, the, the MacGuffin type of story and then the, the bank heist and the comedy, the, the, uh, the hero's journey. Um, I don't know what all the story names are, but I know that there's, there are some great books out there that really talk about the unique aspects of storytelling. And I think, I think for me, that's going to be a part of my journey is learning how to tell better stories because I want to, I want to connect and tell stories in a way that is engaging and interesting but that's also part of the sales process a little bit too. This kind of leads to um, the narratives that we tell ourselves and the narratives that we are able to tell others if we need to connect with them and connecting, not manipulating. I think it's easy to take the concept of storytelling and want to manipulate uh, using those concepts, but that's going to lead to sleazy sales and that's going to not, not lead you down a good path. But, um, in the moment, I think, uh, dealing with any kind of, uh, dealing with storytelling that is going to do have connective tissue to it is going to be more valuable and important for you moving forward to find some solid connection points for between you and the person that you're essentially trying to connect with and sell to. Right. So, if you're a freelancer entrepreneur trying to sell a product or whatever, most of the time 
figuring out what your narrative is, having that connective tissue between you and the product is going to get you to a place that's going to provide something that's just far more interesting than anything that's going to just be a description of what the product is, right? Like if it was Link and he was not, he was just going through a couple, he was just going through his morning routine and you put yourself in your shoes of him doing his morning, morning routine. It's not very interesting. There's no story there. Right. But the story of Ganon and Princess Zelda and the, uh, the hero of time and all of these, uh, complex concepts that they're dealing with, like adding all of those bits and pieces of interesting detail is what allows you to put yourself in that shoe, those shoes and be invested in the story in the same way that if you're trying to sell someone a product, having them invested in your story in a way that allows them to put themselves in your shoes by projecting themselves into your narrative, like that creates connective tissue, you know, that makes them pretty interested in you and interested in most of the time people see themselves in the things that they want. Right. Or the, the, the reason that I forget there's that there was like a, there was like a saying, I can't remember what it is exactly, but people, people want, uh, damn it. I can't remember. That's fine. <laughs> that would have been perfect, but I can't remember it at the moment. So sorry. Uh, basically what you're going to have to deal with is, uh, thinking about people, people buy into the things that they are already naturally invested in and interested in. And that's themselves. Everyone's naturally interested in ourselves. So we like stories that end up connecting with our own personal journeys and stories as well. Right. Or something that we maybe fantasize about or have some semblance of interest in, uh, that, that is going to move us forward into, um, into a better place for us. So storytelling is something that I do want to get better at. It's something that I feel like I want to bring into this podcast a little bit and into my life a little bit more too. I feel like that's going to help with writing copy for projects, for products, and help me understand the own, my own narratives that I've created for myself throughout my life. And I think this is the, this is the important part. This is where I'm trying to lead everything to and kind of stumbling a little bit, but we're getting there. It's fine. <laughs> um, and did I mention I'm off my rocker a little bit? So, okay, just to kind of complete a little bit more of what was going on with my story there. So Molly came in. She wasn't feeling really great. I went to read at the bookstore. I went to Trader Joe's, got some stuff, and um, I picked out, we're getting some, like smoothie stuff. Like we're trying to do more health food things. And uh, got some smoothies, uh, some things of rice, like really basic stuff. We're also pretty broke. So did what I could with 40 bucks and got our food and we're good for at least the next few days. So that's good. That makes me feel better. But then I come home and Molly's got to head out. So she went, she's going to get a haircut. And I was like really pumped to record podcast episodes. And the second I sit down, I hit record and the, or I'm about to hit record rather, and the neighbor across the street starts mowing his lawn. <laughs> I was pumped. I was primed. I was ready to go. And I actually recorded about 10 minutes of a podcast with it in the background, just like making comments on it every once in a while. And I was trying to be funny and I was like into it. But then I just I kept getting distracted by it and I couldn't focus on the concept 
And I kept talking in circles, somewhat like I've been doing on this episode. And I haven't fully gotten into a flow state yet. And I'm a little frustrated by that. And not only that, but the second that we stopped uh, recording, or, or the the second that we that I stopped the um, that I stopped recording, the lawnmower stopped, and I was about to start again. But then my neighbor downstairs, who's got a little bit of an I don't know, there's issues, uh, started just yelling at ghosts or something. I don't know what's going on, but there was some yelling going on, and uh, I was just like, okay, well come on, is this just like not meant to be right now? Well, I'm pretty persistent on getting this done. Like I have to, I, these are, this is important to me. Getting these podcasts done are important to me in kind of writing my own story going forward. Like I'm trying to reframe and create a paradigm shift for myself where I am recording these podcasts in advance and getting them scheduled, getting them posted so that I can work through more of my to-do lists and, try to catch up a little bit because most of my narrative feels like it's been about uh, being reactive and not, you know, not being proactive in my choices and getting things done in the way that I want to, like I talked about in the proactive episode. So I, I was frustrated because I'm trying to make good choices here. And I, I sometimes you just can't, sometimes there's outside forces that you can't control and that being a part of the narrative in that moment was frustrating. It was frustrating and feeling like I couldn't do what I wanted to do in that second. So I also understand inherently that I need to make sure that I'm not feeding myself the narrative in that, in this moment that I'm never going to have time to do this, that it's going to be perpetually loud outside, which it is because it's summertime and people are crazy. And, (laughs) um, but you know, I, I, I just got to take a moment. I got to breathe and not start feeding myself things that, that aren't going to be helpful to myself. But not only in the short term version of this narrative, but like we think about how we kind of feed these narratives to ourselves throughout our life that, you know, this always happens to me, that sort of thing, right? Like maybe this episode should be called narratives, not really storytelling, but I think it's about, we, we tend to feed ourselves narratives and stories uh, that are a somewhat of a through line in our life. And we attach it to this idea of being a for, forever perpetual thing. You know, like this always happens to me. I never win. And like, you know, this is, this is just a pattern in my life, like stuff like that. Right. And it's not, it's not even remotely helpful, helpful at all to, um, to keep feeding ourselves these narratives because, once we keep, if you keep telling the same story yourself, the same story enough, you're just going to keep believing it. And then other people are going to believe it. And before you know it, this fictional story that you've been feeding yourself becomes reality. Join me 48 hours correspondent, Aaron Moriarty on my podcast, my life of crime. As I take on true crime investigations like no other, this season, I'm looking into the labyrinth of crime and secrets within families. I'm cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved, including investigators and the families of victims. Listen to My Life of Crime with Aaron Moriarty wherever you get your podcasts. 
Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. All right. Welcome back. Hope you survived. Uh, so I have this running narrative in my head over the past maybe two years. And particularly now, as I spend a little bit more time doing psychology based stuff, um, talking about mental health, creativity, and I'm always learning. I'm always trying new things. And for the most of my life, the most of my career, I have been a creative person. I've done graphic design, photo, video, and uh, podcast editing for forever, it seems, like 18 years. Mostly graphic design for the past 18 years. And all of that has been the result of... Let me make sure I'm checking. All right, just check them again. Um... All of that has been the result of, um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, most of my life I've been a graphic designer and as a graphic designer, I have been doing a lot of client work. I've been doing a lot of things that, um, that aren't really in the psychology realm. Like I've had moments in life where I've dipped my toes in it. I was really obsessed with like gender studies when I was, uh, in my teens, as I was trying to figure out women and how to date them <laughs> and uh, try to be, try to understand them a little bit. And then trying to understand, um, I went into like astrology a little bit too, pretty intensely. And um, I think after that is when I, I did like a, like a little tiny dip into Myers-Briggs, but I didn't really dive back into psychology at all after that. I felt like I think one of the narratives in my head is not feeling qualified to even dive in. And the past year and a half, two years, I've been really, really diving into psychology, into uh, Jungian psychology, uh, talking about mental health on this podcast, talking about creativity. I think creativity is something I feel maybe the most qualified for. Psychology, um, not as much, but um, mental health in a lot of ways, yes, depends on the topic. Uh, and I really like to speak from experiential data when I'm talking about any of those three concepts. Like this show is basically this show, the website, the articles, all this like is basically forming into a, a show that is focused on mental health, creativity and psychology. Right. Particularly typology and personality development. Right. And all of these concepts are things that to some degree, I still wrestle with feeling like I'm qualified Right. I feel like part of my personal narrative is feeding myself this idea that I'm not qualified to talk about any of this stuff. And that's that seeps into my head all the time. This narrative that through that's kind of a big picture narrative that like you can't be any taken seriously or validated or be an authority if you are not someone who is uh, has has a degree 
And that's a narrative that I think a lot of my generation has been fed through college, where really a lot of our parents were fed in and how that affected us by um, by pushing us into college debt and situations that we were not quite ready for. Uh, so I think this narrative that I think I think a lot of us are working through this idea that like there are more opportunities than ever to learn things on our own through our own means to figure out our learning style and really connect to, you know, how we can connect with other people and, and really figuring out what our strengths are. And now that I'm trying to identify myself or have been identifying myself as an INTP really strongly over the past two years, I am leaning into my introverted thinking and psychology is like, massively on my brain and it's constantly what I want to talk about. Like waking up and doing podcasting is the thing that I want to do. It's I'm utilizing my skills as a creative person into pushing the narrative forward with using psychology, but I still wrestle all the time with feeling like I'm qualified to talk about any of this. I'm qualified to talk about mental health that I'm qualified to talk about even creativity, which is something I've been doing for over 20 years now. And still struggle with feeling like I'm valid in that sense. And I have a degree. I have a bachelor's degree in graphic design and like still feel like I'm not the best all the time. Right. <laughs> you know, so struggling with that narrative is like really, really hard. It's 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 a massive challenge. Let me let me turn the game down just a little bit more. OK, it's it's a challenge to let go of this narrative that we've kind of been th fed throughout our lives that you know, we need to have some sort of accolade to be considered, uh, to be taken seriously. And I'm, I'm learning that, um, I can have influence that, um, that I can be someone to someone by putting in the effort and the time and the thoughtfulness into these concepts that I care about and really show some thoughtfulness and love in the way that I know how to do it, right? That a degree is not required. And sure, it helps, but I don't think it requ it's it's required to go into certain things. Like I can't go and teach a college class. Probably not. I mean, I'd have to, or I probably could, but I'd have to go like, I'd have to figure out some sort of backdoor path to make that happen, right? So either way, like we're kind of living in the golden age of opportunity and I think a lot of us see that opportunity, but we still struggle with our internal narratives of feeling like we're allowed to put ourselves out there, that we're allowed to consider ourselves qualified for the things that we want to do and the people we want to influence and how we want to connect and how we want to sell and how we want to create. I think understanding that these narratives are something that are both fed to us and things that we perpetuate are something for us to be aware of. You know, if you were writing your story today, what would it include? You know, and think about it in granular detail, like what has led to your thinking today? And you can kind of Tarantino it, like start to think about what are some of the things that you feel are common threads in your life, things that are maybe self-sabotaging moments uh, maybe you've had situations that uh, keep happening, you know, you keep getting, keep losing a job or you keep losing money or you keep having all sorts of challenges. And I'm, I'm kind of talking about my stuff. Um, 
what are the through lines? What are the threads? And a lot of it I felt was me. And that's why I went to search deeply into being an INTP. Like I wanted to figure out like, what the hell is it about me that's like broken and wrong and not gelling with society or what's making me not a good husband? What's making me fail as a employee, right? And uh, I'm continually unlocking things all the time because there are things where I take personal responsibility for, but there are things that are simply external things also. And I can't take the blame for things that are not me for me to take the blame on, but there are plenty where I can and uh, I can take those things and, and move forward with them. And understanding that as part of my story, really retracing my steps and learning how to write my life in as if it were a narrative and then look for, look for the stories that actually were, but then look for the stories that I keep telling myself that weren't actually true or aren't true anymore. Right? Like I'm starting to rewrite some of the narrative around my divorce in my own head and how I speak about it. I mean, I haven't really spoken about it publicly in a while in terms of like friends and family and stuff. I talk about it on this podcast, but there are some things that I feel like I'm taking a lot more responsibility for than when I initially left. And I'm reconciling with some of those challenges of understanding that. And I think from the start, I've never wanted to speak ill of my ex-wife. I think she's, she's a good person. She's a good mom, all of that stuff. But I also need to recognize that there were definitely behaviors and reactions to me that were not things that I was, that were helping either of us. And there were choices that I made that were not helping us either. Right. So basically adding the choices that I made with a lack of choices that I wasn't making uh, to the equation is kind of balancing it out a little bit more. And the challenge is reconciling with the idea of like, well, would have things been okay if I had made better choices? And then you kind of look at more granular detail and you figure out like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, uh, these are things that we wrestle with all the time as we try to figure out what are the accurate pieces of our story that lead to, you know, the, the, hopefully the storybook ending that we're all looking for. And, um, and we can continue to realize that we're going to navigate all sorts of challenges as we continue to go forth in our lives. And we're going to come across new obstacles. Sometimes we're going to have everything stripped from us and we're going to come across a challenge that is too much. Just think about Another Zelda example or like uh, Metroid is another example of a game that usually at the start of the game, you have all of your items and you fight a boss that is too much for you. And for some reason you lose because you just, you weren't ready. You didn't have the experience uh, that you would at the end of the game. So you're stripped of all of your stuff and you're sent on to this beginning of this new journey and you have to sort of relearn your skills and collect all of your things and regain some experience and perspective. And then when it's time to go defeat that boss again, you have this new opportunity to take on something that you originally thought was insurmountable. And now it's nothing or close to nothing, right? It's an easy task. And as long as we don't get tied to the times where we fall, 
I think we can always be writing new pages of our story and continuing to go forward in a way that allows us to control our lives in a way that's more meaningful and thoughtful. I hope I'm not just talking in circles. I feel like I'm talking in circles a little bit, but the idea here is that we can write great stories for ourselves as long as we realize that we're holding the pen and that we are writing the book and we are in charge of what, you know, the perception is as long as we understand that we have to look at what is and experience what is and take note of what is and, um, just make better decisions, make better decisions as we go forward to, you know, make the next chapter better, more interesting, more lively, more successful than the last one. Okay, that's it. I'm running out of steam. I'm going to wrap this up. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I've, I felt like I was a little all over the place, but uh, if there's something else uh, you can add to this, please hit me up at Let's Go See Notes and let me know what you think. I'll probably rehash this topic in the future. I want to do a little bit of research on storytelling and see if there's something we can apply to our own personal narratives. But thinking about projections, thinking about Zelda and how uh, the main character Link is someone that we can project ourselves onto and then experience life through his through his eyes in that world um, gives us opportunities to grow in different ways. That's why we love stories so much. That's why we love reading uh, stories and narratives like we can connect ourselves to the characters and uh, learn through various perspectives that we would just not personally be able to uh, experience, right? So uh, hit me up at Let's Go See Note. Uh, go to dopamine.life to check out our website, and you can sign up for the Myers-Briggs uh, introductory course there. And uh, patreon.com slash dopamine if you want to leave some monetary love. Just as little as a dollar will give you access to the podcast five days early. And you will also be able to um, hear it without ads, which is great because I have to use ads because money. <laughs> and um, um, other than that, uh, if you are an INTP looking to do some personal development via podcast style, I have a podcast called Cosmic Calibration, and it is also a course at bit.ly slash cosmic INTP, all lowercase where you learn as an INTP to connect with your ME and your FE and be able to explore a little bit more and learn how to connect yourself to the universe and yourself and go forth, let go of some of your logic, use it for good and um, grow as a person, right? So, you know, it's podcast style. It's just me talking like this for 15 hours. <laughs> it's a lot of topics. Um, but I think this is all stories of my personal growth. And um, hopefully it helps you by putting yourself in my shoes and resonating. So I think that's it. I need to take a break. And I have one more podcast to record. But um, yeah, take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll catch you next time on dopamine. See you guys. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later.